0: going to tell Lebowski. Huh? Oh, him. Uh, and, uh, what exactly is the problem? Uh, the problem is...
1: What do you mean? What's the... Th- there was no... We, we didn't... Uh, <laughs> they're going to kill that poor woman, man.
0: man. The fuck are you talking about? the poor woman that poor slut kidnapped herself come on dude you said so yourself man i said i thought she kidnapped herself you're the one who's so fucking certain that's right dude 100 certain they posted the next round for the tournament donnie shut the fuck up. when do we play it's saturday Lieutenant. saturday well i have to reschedule walter what am i going to tell lebowski i told that fuck down at the league office who's in charge of scheduling walter Kirk Walter. I told that crowd a fucking thousand times I don't roll on Shabbos. Walter. They already posted it. Well, they can fucking unpost it. Who gives a shit? uh, They're going to kill that poor woman, man. What am I going to tell Lebowski? Come on, dude. Uh, Eventually she... This is Gutterball. The Lebowski
1: Deepcast. Oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of... The
2: Big Lebowski. It allows life to exist in the bleak... Black emptiness of space.
1: Providing insight. I don't know. She said that.
2: <laughs> Maybe Saint Sneaker comes and like puts little trinkets in the
1: commentary. He found himself in a world turned upside down. Flare, <laughs> flare, 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 flare.
2: And conjecture. It looks like
1: the pool is empty.
2: They shot it all at a green screen. You can't do a pickup. And now, gutterball. <laughs> <Get it. laughs> Enhance. 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 See, that's... Super Troopers. There's a nice enhanced joke in Super Troopers. You need to watch that movie, Brad. There's a lot of movies I need to watch. I would put that into the top four to four and a half movies that you should watch. Okay. Just saying that, I've already built it up too much. But you should watch. It's funny. It's nice and... Inhan- it's just... It's stupid. It's a nice uh, escape from anything serious. It's basically the opposite movie of Antichrist. It's the opposite of The Big Lebowski. One of the serious names. <laughs> right. Sure. Let's, let's go with that, then. Let's go with that. It's funny. It's just funny.
1: I did... So there's a gap in my Cohen Brothers knowledge... Yeah. Because I have never seen Intolerable Cruelty. But I watched the first
2: five minutes of it two nights ago. It is a romantic comedy. So I'm looking forward to watching the whole thing. Well, just wh- to see. Why did you stop?
1: It was just it was one of these things where it was like late. I had already watched a bunch of crap. And then like on Netflix it just came up like, oh, here's some movies we have. I was like, oh that. I never, so, and I was like, well, you know, I just wanted to see what, like, just get a flavor, a feel, like, what is
2: it? It was enough to bring you back, like, to, oh, to definitely. make you want to experience, I haven't seen that for definitely. a long time. It
1: reminded me, like, the first, so it's just, like, this opening scene, like, Jeffrey Rush comes home and finds, like, the repair guy porking his wife. That's right. As they put it. That's right. As he put it, the porker, and that was pretty much just all I saw, but, like, it had this kind of, like... Screwball zaniness to it. It reminded me of Burn after reading, right? In tone and strangeness, but it also, you know, you could also tell it was kind of a Cohen. You know, it was there. I
2: I think it gets less zany after that scene. That scene almost feels like like a like they tacked it on or something. Okay, you know what? That w- was weird? that was
1: like the to draw you into the movie. The like over the top. Antics like the dude
2: getting dunked in the toilet, right? Right, I think so. I think so. Now, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I feel like we've talked about this already. But you know what's weird about that is, um, what year did that movie come out? oh two oh three somewhere in there, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I read because I remember, you know, 96, 97, 98, somewhere in there. That's pretty much, I mean, I knew raising Arizona and stuff, but. Fargo came out, and then it was like, okay, these guys are the real deal. So I started to get really into the Coen Brothers, and I bought Fargo on DVD or probably not, probably VHS. But um, I remember reading, like I found somewhere, it must have been like 99 or something, 2000, somewhere online I found like, you know, as yet unproduced Coen Brothers script. But it was just a very brief snippet of it. And it was that scene where Jeffrey Rush is freaking out because he finds, you know, his wife porking the other guy or whatever. He gets shot in the ass or something. And I remember reading it. And that's all it was. It was only that scene. Somehow somebody leaked it. Somebody must have stolen it, you know? Like somebody, right. I don't even know how that happens, but somebody stole it and leaked it, basically. They pulled a Snowden, they leaked it. And I read it, and I just remember thinking, well, they're just being a little ridiculous now. It's just a little too much. They're, like, becoming caricatures of themselves, so maybe I was wrong about these guys. Maybe they're not going to be that good.
1: They definitely go all over the map, which is weird, because, like, I mentioned Burn After Reading, which was a fine movie. It's a fine movie. But here they are, Coen Brothers, like, you know, Academy Award national film registry you know caliber people, and then like some of these things are like (laughs) they're entertaining they're good but they're not like i guess they're just not afraid to just do like whatever right whatever they want to do
2: that's exactly right they don't they don't really care they just want to have fun and make the movies that they want to make and somehow they've created that reality for themselves which i think is awesome um, inside Lewin Davis, I don't know if you saw this, but they claim that that might be the last movie they ever shoot on film. Yeah, I did read that in the good old NY Times. Yeah, so that's a big deal because they were some of the last purists.
1: Yeah, well, and they cite the reason is there's just no one left that knows how to work with this stuff. Right,
2: kids today, <laughs> these damn kids. But you know, what What makes a better story? Is it going to be a better story if you have the best people working with the medium? Of course it is. So if that's what you have to do, that's what you have to do. And let's face it, if you look, you know, you Google like feature films shot digitally or something, I'm sure there's a list out there, you would be blown away by the movies that are shot digitally and not on film. Even though that's like a double edged sword there. It's like kinda like, of course nothing's shot on film anymore. Are you kidding me? Film's dead. But not really. You know, it's still it still holds up against even the best digital acquisition. But people just aren't doing it anymore. It's yeah well not to mention, you know, when it
1: eventually gets to like no one's gonna be watching this stuff on film anyway.
2: Yeah, it's it's a rare theater now. So even if you're gonna shoot the thing on film, if it's gonna be projected digitally, why bother? You know, you're actually you actually have a purer experience if from acquisition to editing to projection is all the same. Like there's less fussing that goes on then. Mm -hmm. So it's like what you see when you shoot it is closer to what is projected than if you had shot on film. So, it just makes sense.
1: It says here on digitalspy.com Use of traditional 35mm print projection is expected to cease in the US by the end of 2013, with a global cutoff likely to happen at the close of 2015.
2: It happens fast nowadays. It happens fast. Yep. Although I have to say, I like film. I don't think that's the issue. Of course, I I like film too, you know, I love film, but you got to adapt, got to adapt. I like, uh, you know, drawing with a pencil on a piece of paper, but that's not my preferred medium. I'm not real good at it. I, faces in particular, they always look pretty, um, grotesque when I try to draw them.
1: Well, that could be, uh, that could be your thing
2: grotesque, well, I, you know how, grotesquerie. grotesquerie, I like it, they pass around, you know, you're at work and, they all, it's like, oh, you know, sign the birthday card, you know, they pass around the birthday card, it's some, so-and-so's birthday, so I draw a little picture, but I draw it left-handed, and I do, I do these little men, this little, this little fella it's left-handed, and it's basically a head, like all jaggy head with two feet coming out the chin area, and then two arms coming out of the ear area, and a face on it. And I say, hi, happy birthday. That's like my thing. Because long ago, I realized I'm just not, I can't draw very good. <laughs> so so I, the happy
1: birthday thing, that's like your, uh, like your catchphrase, for yeah, this grotesque?
2: Yeah, figure. that's like my guy. It's my calling card. Because I just gave up trying to do good. So I just embraced the shittiness. And I like it, you know? I'm kind of cool with it. It's definitely, um, I guess it's my own thing.
1: So you mentioned Fargo before. Yeah. TV show. I'm going to weave that back. And well, yeah, there is the Fargo TV show. Did we not talk about that? Briefly, yeah. We did. We did. Yeah. Yeah, the... Fargo TV show. There's also an American Psycho TV show, I think. Holy Now I'm getting them confused. I don't know. I don't know. We'd have to look that up. I don't know. But what I was gonna say about Fargo was that this minute reminds me of Fargo in a way. Say again. This minute reminds me of Fargo in a way. The Pratter? Is it the It's the way... Is
2: pratter a word?
1: I I don't know. Prattle. I honestly don't know. I don't know. I'm not good at identifying words versus non-words. That's always been a weakness of mine.
2: Prattle and Banter. I
1: think I combined them, but go ahead. Because here we have, again, this, like, the movie is this, this, you know, the movie has just gotten somewhat serious, even though it was also very comical. You know, they didn't make the cutoff. You know, the dude is worried. They're going to kill that poor girl. What are we going to do? And then Donnie comes running up and it's like, oh, they posted the next round. And even Walter, who's about to go into his typical, like, shut the fuck up. Right. Gets cut. Oh, who, what, you know, it's a serious thing. And it just reminds me, I guess, in Fargo, they did the same thing a lot where it was like, here's this, like, gruesome murder mystery extortion thing happening. And then they punctuate it with humor. But they kept having like long lingering shots of like the Swedish meatballs in the buffet and showing, you know, Frances McDormand, like loading up her plate, like just these kind of like mundane things. Like there's these other things. It's not, or, you know, the guy with the, we talked about this before, you know, the guy at the end, he, he's making the stamp or whatever. Like, it's kind of like, okay, even though there's all this crazy stuff happening, like there is this other element to life.
2: Which we all experience. You know, we, we go to our jobs, then we come back home. It's two different realities. Yeah. It's almost yeah. like non sequitur shit going on there. Right. Like you could
1: be whatever, right? Having whatever kind of day, like a, like a, the, the, a fucked up day or, a, but you then when it's lunchtime, it's like, you know, I'm going to order this, <laughs> you know, this, whatever, uh, and I'm going to get the shrimp cocktail. Because I'm Ooh, treating I'm myself. Well, treating my, you know, you're going to savor that thing. Even though, you know, like if you're a cop, for example, that's your job, right? You might just, who knows what kind of shit you're dealing with, right? <laughs> but you still got to treat yourself every day, once a day, give yourself, give yourself a, pre- a
2: present. Don't wait the, for it, though. Don't plan on it. it just let, just it ha- let it happen. Just let it
3: happen. Uh,
2: it could, you know, and it could be as simple as a cat nap in the office or a, I don't know. New shirt at the men's store, but yeah, you should do it every day. Or shrimp cocktail. Today I gave myself shrimp po' boy. The gift of uh, Stouffer's mac and cheese that I reheated. That's what I made for dinner. That was a a little present for me and the family. Like I tend to make, you know, more healthy things. But no, today we are having the worst thing ever.
1: The worst imaginable thing, right, really. Right, And we're going to enjoy it, because it's a present. At least pizza has, like, the tomato sauce, which you can kind of pretend is... A vegetable. At least it's from another food group.
2: It's not just carbs and fat. Right. right. It might, there might be some vegetables <laughs> on it. You some know? level of... Yeah. No, there's nothing. Nothing like that in the Stouffer's mac and cheese. I made tacos. Oh, for I... my family today. I made tacos last night. How about that? Very good. There we go. Taco Tuesday is what we used to do. We had the tray, that cheap plastic tray, but it's like, it's got a design all in it. And each compartment, you know, it's like 14 inches by 10 inches and it's got compartments, but each compartment has like a, like a design in it. There's the lettuce compartment, there's the tomato compartment, there's the cheese, Uh, and then you fill it with whatever, you know, and it's a good way to get everybody involved and, you know, have the the little chitlins come in and feel like they're contributing. Nice. Yeah. That's a good, you should look at it, you just, you you go and Google taco tray, and you go and do it. It's a good way to get everybody in there. It's nice. But then you have to make sure that, like, the edges are overflowing. So you put a little too much lettuce in so it spills out the edges. So it's like a cornucopia of taco-ness. I still support that. Okay.
1: For a while there, I could not breathe.
2: Why does that happen to you?
1: Because you are killing me with your words. (laughs) You're Uh, wonderful.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm just giving you the real shit, man. I'm afraid that... Was it confusing? Like, did my words sound confused? No, they were perfect. Well, because I went in a hot spring over the weekend, but I made the mistake of putting my head down underneath the water, so now Mm -hmm. the wife and I are freaked out that we have brain-eating amoebas in our heads. So I'm looking out for confusion.
1: I don't think the brain-eating amoebas could get into
2: there. Like, through your ears or something. Well, no, they go up through your nose.
1: You would need a, yeah, maybe. Or you'd need, like, an open wound.
2: No, they don't do that. Get
1: that flesh, they get that flesh-eating bacteria.
2: It's not that. It's a very specific, it's Nagligeri Faleri, I don't know, something. But it gets up in your nose. Mm-hmm. But generally, you have to aspirate water through your nose. I see, I see. But I didn't do that so much. But anyway, if I start to sound confused... Usually it happens two to fifteen days after the event, so right. we're we're two days removed, so nothing yet.
1: So you're just in the beginning, right? Phases. You have uh, we got. You have thirteen more days to worry about here,
2: right? Another thirteen days of hell, so right of unknown. Well, a time he, <laughs> as the ex used to say, I have a revisit here. I. But, uh, I don't think we mentioned this. So at 37.42, um, we've gone from the botched handoff. Well, depending on your outlook, I guess botched handoff. Maybe it was a perfect handoff. Then we cut to the bowling alley. The dude's phone is ringing incessantly. And there's no music going in the bowling alley for 23 seconds. It's just sounds of bowling. Walter gives a little on a cigarette Mm -hmm. and no Mm -hmm. music for 23 seconds. And then the weird Charlie Brown teacher voice comes on. And then is it Booker T and the MGs?
1: Yes. Behave yourself by
2: Booker T and the MGs. And then that comes on. But 23 seconds into this scene. So you think it would be weird that there would be that much of a lull in the music in this bowling alley? Don't you think if they have music, it's just going? One goes into the next, into the next? It's not like there was an ad on the radio or something. I
1: don't know what kind of technology they have. If there's like a record player, like a jukebox, where I had to like flip the record or something like that.
2: You know, there's some insane DJ, like whose brain has been eaten out by too much acid back in some back room somewhere, and he's got a pile of, like, vinyl that he's putting on. So maybe he just couldn't find the right tunes. Right.
1: Well, considering the music, so let's that's interesting. Well, that's my whole
2: point, because it's like, who plays the monks? Exactly, you have the monks,
1: you have that Rather Obscure Dylan song.
2: So it's like, what happens now?
1: The, uh... The uh, Gypsy King's version of Hotel California. (laughs) Right. It is a rather eclectic mix.
2: A rather eclectic mix. And it's not like he's playing Green Onions by Booker T and the MGs. He's playing, uh, what's it called? Behave Yourself. Behave Yourself. Which maybe this is one of the ones I heard walking around back in the back neighborhoods when I used to walk around at night listening to Booker T and the MGs. But I don't remember it. So it's eclectic. Yeah, there's some, you know, Hunter S. thompson s guy back there. Just a, a shell of a human being. And, and he's their DJ. Like, they feel bad for him, so they put him back in the booth and they let him, you know, DJ the bowling evenings. That's my contention.
1: Yeah, I, I'll go for that. And again, there's a delay there
2: because he's back there. He's fumbling. What do I do? 45s. He's probably panicking, you know. It's got to be right. It's got to be right. I've got it. Behave yourself.
1: Well, he could be, you know, now this is a stretch, but bear with me here. You know, some sort of, so we have, you know, in this movie, we have the stranger who is kind of aware of what's happening to the dude. He's kind of outside of the story. I heard your
2: throat noise there. There may have been a throat noise. I like it. It's, it's like the... Um, feels like I'm right up in there. Yeah, it's like the punctuation for this podcast. Once in a while you get a little throat noise. So the DJ is, your, your, is what you're saying? You got well, the stranger, he could be the DJ. So again,
1: I'm saying it's like a huge stretch, right? But he's, he could be like the stranger in the sense that he's kind of...
2: He's chauffeuring very us for much this aware. story.
1: Yes, and he's very much aware of what is happening to the dude, and he's looking for the right musical accompaniment.
2: In other words, he's not just in the bowling alley, but he's also in the titular Lebowski's home playing this orchestral stuff. He's out well, he might in the only, wilderness playing CCR, Run Through the Jungle. He might only be in the bowling alley doing that portion of it. See, I, He's aware. I like him being, you know, an umbrella. Like He's just kind of everywhere. Everywhere. Well, he's maybe some kind of invisible spirit of music. He's the, he's the um, invisible narrator. He's like a secondary invisible musical narrator. Because, like you said, he's like The Stranger, except his job is not to, you know, provide exposition. His job is to provide musical texture. I like that.
1: And he could very well be not just a Hunter S. Thompson-like figure, but actually Hunter S. Thompson.
2: <laughs> Was he still... is? Is he even alive now? Is he dead? He's not alive now. Was no. he alive when this movie came out? Yes, definitely. Okay. I
1: remember when he he committed suicide. It was oh, in like the mid 2000 right. somewhere. No, that's there. right. In Arizona. Like or something. Well, probably in Colorado
2: where his ranch was. I think it maybe. I thought it was in Arizona for some reason that sticks in my head, but you could be right. That's right. I yeah, remember Colorado that. Colorado
1: is where his
2: sad day Outside of Aspen.
1: Bummer. Yeah, February 20th, 2005. 2005. Hmm. He uh, spent a little bit of time writing for a newspaper not far from where I am here in central Pennsylvania. Really? Williamsport, Pennsylvania, I think.
2: He wrote for a newspaper in Williamsport, Pennsylvania?
1: Actually, uh, Jersey Shore, Pennsylvania, if you want to be more specific.
2: Wow, I love that show. That was just a bad joke.
1: Well, it is a confusing thing because here in the middle of landlocked Pennsylvania, there's a town called Jersey Shore. Why would they do that? So it's like, hey, want to go to the Jersey Shore? Sure, I love the beach. Well, no, I'm just talking
2: about
3: uh,
2: <laughs> driving actually deeper into the state, right, into the more hellish nightmare lands. Yes, but
1: uh, yeah, Hunter S. Thompson was there. Was this? He spent some time there in Jersey Shore, PA,
2: pre or post Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. This, I am pretty sure this
1: is post. Really? Yeah.
2: What was he doing there? Oh, I'm sorry. Pre.
1: I said post. But you... My lips said post. My mind was thinking pre. Yeah. Yeah,
2: pre. Pre. Okay. okay. Yes, yes. Pre. And that makes more sense. Yes. Because he didn't have ranches in Colorado at that point. He was just a struggling yeah. journalist. Right. Exactly. Because there would be no reason to live in central Pennsylvania unless you're struggling, right? This was back when he
1: was, uh, (laughs) you know, like Uh, doing things like copying out The Great Gatsby. Copying out The Great Gatsby? Yeah. See, I know too much about Hunter S. Thompson. Enlighten me. He famously, I don't know famously, maybe it's like an urban legend, just something that comes up a lot when they talk about him. He would... He, like, you know, he wanted to be this great writer or whatever, and he's, again, struggling. He's younger. And he brought this typewriter, and he typed out all of the great Gatsby. Okay. Just as an exercise to understand what it would be like to, like, write such an <laughs> important book. In a way, it's not too, much, too different than what we're doing with The Big Lebowski in some ways, right? Like, it was just his way of, like, you know, you could just read it again and again, but no, he's actually, like, well, copying it like writing it you know like
2: no i get it i get, it, I get it. it's
1: seeping into his brain in a much more
2: well i get what um, you're saying it's kind of like manner. you know listening to your favorite song over and over again or you could cover it exactly yeah watch your favorite movie or right. remake it it's gonna be different even right. though typing it out word for word <laughs> is it any different <laughs>
1: Right, it's no different. He didn't do, like, change it, like, like re-paraphrase it in his style. It's, but it is like saying, I'm going to cover it, but do it note for note.
2: Just you will not be way. able to tell the difference.
1: Yeah. And again, I think yeah, it's different because also you need a level of skill to like play an instrument that you wouldn't need necessarily. Like anyone could put in that raw power, right? That raw time to do. Right type out a novel. That's but right. at the
2: same time, not everyone does. It's like figuring out the combination to that lock. Anybody can do it, but not everybody's going to. And I, yeah. Okay. I, yeah. All
1: right. I mean, I can't say literally that he did that in jersey shore. I don't know, but the, those that's like the era.
2: Hmm.
1: You know, it's his pre it's still his like formative years.
2: You know? It fits. Like, when did he write Kentucky Derby? Boy, I... In
1: 1970. So that was way before. So he was still a... I mean, way after. I mean, Jersey Shore was way before 1970.
2: When was he in Jersey Shore? Let me look
1: this up here.
2: Why do you know so much about Hunter S. Thompson? I just love the man. I love his work. Did you love him before the movie starring Johnny Depp and Benicio del Toro and Mark Harmon? Mark Harmon? <laughs> yeah. He's the weird other journalist who shows up at his first hotel room, and he's out there at the dirt bike race. Mark Harmon. Like the, that was Mark Harmon? Yeah.
1: He, was he the guy that had like the goggles on, and he took the goggles
2: off? N- like in the
1: elevator. That was like a photographer.
2: May no. Yeah, that was like the photographer. Maybe. He shows up at his apartment and then Yeah,
1: I vaguely. He thinks he's
2: in saying. Vietnam and he's there like ha 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 like going all crazy. Cameron Diaz right. is in the elevator. Yeah. To- I know
1: lots of people. McGuire, Toby Maguire. Toby
2: Maguire. Crazy. Yeah, I definitely know that. Christina Ricci. The movie's got everybody in it. But did you like him before that movie or after that movie? After that movie, I have to say. I was not too
1: familiar with his stuff. Me either. But also, you know, I'm young, right? Right. Like, I was in college when that movie came out, so I was just... That movie just happened to come out before I managed to discover him on my own. Maybe fortunately, maybe unfortunately. But I definitely... There is something about Depp's portrayal that is linked in my mind to the real figure although i've seen the you see the real thompson in the movie not just in the movie but just anywhere like the first so i i meant so the movie came out and i saw depp's performance and that kind of you know turned me on to thompson and depp's performance was really interesting and then i saw S thompson on like conan o'brien really randomly a few years later all right and maybe, you know, he was acting someone, or maybe just wasn't prepared for it. Like he I was like, oh, Depp was like pretty much just doing like a perfect impersonation of this guy.
2: Or are you saying that Hunter S. Thompson was doing an impersonation of Johnny Depp? Well, maybe, Hunter right. Maybe they
1: fit out or maybe this Hunter S. Thompson was just on, right? He's on the television, right? If you're hanging out with him in, in Colorado, like he's not necessarily. But uh, hmm. there's where the Buffalo roam. Yeah. Bill Murray. Have you seen that? No. Well. I haven't seen, sit through the whole thing again. It's one of these things that's on Netflix. So I'm like, oh, let me see that. And I've watched probably maybe 20 to 40 minutes into
2: it. I have rented that. Very strange movie. Yes. After, because I went through, you were around for it. I went through a fear and loathing in Las Vegas phase because my brother managed the movie theater. So we would just sneak off at like midnight on a random Wednesday night or something, and he'd go thread the film up in the projector at the movie theater, lock it down, and we would just watch it. Oh, let's go thread up Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas in the movie theater and go watch it. And then I remember stumbling across where the Buffalo Roam, starring Bill Murray, You know, Mike's video or something, 49 cent rental. It's like, holy shit, that we got to see that. We rented it. I don't know that we stayed awake.
1: Yeah. It, I mean, it's a hard movie to get through, but when it first starts, you know, and Murray's there, like it's okay. Like he's doing the same thing Johnny Depp was doing. Hmm. Like they're both based on some. It's not like this is definitely not something Depp invented from whole cloth because here in like 1983 or whatever, like Bill Murray is doing the same exact mannerisms and shtick and everything.
2: Huh. I'm gonna have to check that out again.
1: If nothing is just so weird to see, like yeah, Bill Murray 1983 <laughs> acting like what in our minds is Johnny Depp,
2: right? 14, you know? 15 years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to because that's like Stripes era practically. mm Hmm. Oh, I gotta, I gotta do it. But, but yeah.
3: But anyway, yeah, Hunter S. Thompson. A lot of cool stuff. A lot of good writing there. Uh, For
2: my money, at least. Yeah, good. Good is definitely, you know, subjective. Like, I, I, I like some of it, but it does start to wear on me after a while. I don't know. It's never worn on me. Can't I'm really just get like, into that world for too long before I need
1: to get out. The way he puts together, I don't know. I can't. I just can't even talk about. It. I'm not prepared. I'm not.
2: Maybe that can soul a little to bit. even really
1: talk about it. I
2: don't know. I don't have the. It's not sustainable. Background to me. In- I. You know. I think I can talk about something from this minute though. Good. Good. We're done with the retreads. I only had the one. If you have anything else.
1: I don't have any retreads, but I do. Well, yeah, you go with your thing, then I'll go with mine. Because I do have one thing. Nah, yeah, not really one thing. We'll just it's nothing. We'll just do it. I just, I guess, the only thing because this is the very beginning of the minute. Right, we're going to look chronologically. This minute opens, and I know I've said it before. i was going to say again. It's my favorite line. Uh,
2: what's your favorite line?
1: Uh, was, oh, him. Uh, what
2: exactly is the problem? That's your favorite line of this whole movie.
1: It's not the most quotable
2: line. I call that bullshit. is my
1: favorite part. That's my. That is the most Walterish thing to me. I'm not going to argue we've, we've, that. We beat it to death about how this is like me and my wife, and how it's <laughs> like, oh, what's the problem? Like, well, you said so yourself, right? Clearly, I think we've beat that to death,
2: right? But clearly, he knows what the problem is. You know, like. That's just a dumb thing Whether to say. Whether he does no, or doesn't. Come on. He knows exactly what the problem is. It's up in
1: the is. air, because I will say this. With Christine, my wife, I'm unsure if she knows or doesn't. And maybe it's just me. I'm naive. That's probably the
2: problem. I'm naive. Walter knows exactly what the problem is. He knows the dude didn't want to throw some ringer out of the side of the car. And he knows that he had a plan, and the plan was throw the ringer, then go grab him, beat it out. and none of it worked. He's, he knows, you know? He's just being coy here. What, what exactly is the problem? <laughs> like, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to the dude. It's frustrating to us as the viewers. He knows. He's just not going
1: to admit it. This is the same guy, though, that his plan was to go rolling out with an Uzi
2: and and go beat it. Out. Like,
1: I mean, this guy, it's not like we can apply normal
2: logic. Okay. To him. Duly noted. Duly noted. I don't have a retort for that. Yes. All I can do is agree at this point. I. Okay. I can't come back at you.
1: I'm just so You're into right. Walter doing that. <laughs> I'm so into Walter and his. Oh him! Well, what exactly is the problem? I Maybe. Mean, and certain- then the dude's reaction—I just love that interaction. Like it's all been building to this. <laughs> we've been talking a lot about their dynamic, you know, with all these episodes of them just being in the car, and it's just all built to this. So here it is. But we've already talked to it to death, so I don't know if, how much more there is to say. Well, there's without a- completely retreading everything.
2: There's a little bit more to say, and I don't even—I don't even want to say it because. It's me eating crow a little bit, perhaps. I'm not sure yet. I'm just like, I'm sniffing the crow. Not sure how it smells yet. I don't know if I want to take, like, maybe I'll pluck a little feather off and take a little nibble. Not sure how to, but I know there's little mites crawling around on their disgusting, like, skin and fur area. So I don't want to take a bite of it, because it's nasty but i'm like i'm plucking the feather out and i'm sniffing the feather because this little scene here does feel like <sighs> pains me to say it it does feel like the beginning of a new act mm.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Arr! 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 Urgh, it
2: kills me inside.
1: But, you know, to save some face on that, you know, this movie might have 18 acts.
2: You're always, you know, that's the difference between you and me. You're looking for a kind word always, and I just want to drive people into the ground. So, thank you. You're a good person. You're a good person, Brad. And I'm not... I, try. Uh, like I I'm just sniffing the little mite-ridden feather. I don't like the feather, It looks shitty to me, it looks disgusting, but I still did pluck it out and I'm sniffing it. That's all I'm doing. I'm not eating it yet. I'm just sniffing one feather. So, but it does feel like a change here. It's like, it all was building up and then now we release and now it's like we're on a slightly separate journey. It does feel that way, watching this now. Just kind of licking the feather. I didn't lick it, I sniffed it. I'm not willing to put my tongue on it or taste it because, like I said, there's little critters crawling around on it. They're, they're, those are germ-ridden, like pestilence-ridden creatures, crows. So it takes a lot Get to, like... Get a couple little maggots on your tongue. won't hurt
1: anybody. They're not going to eat your brain. No.
3: You're
2: not buying them beer. It's not taking your turn. Some people eat maggots you know they're protein basically they're not brain-eating amoebas but our garbage can outside was filled with maggots one time like tens of thousands of them like looking down and it was just a writhing like the floor of the was just a writhing mass of maggots because like i had put fat like beef fat out in the summer or something and i had to like hose it out and watch all their squirming little bodies like out into the yard like a like ugh, like a heap of them. Ugh Anyway, I am not eating it yet. I'm just looking at the little maggots and mites on the little feather. I'm just it's there. I'm sniffing it. I don't need to keep going on about that, but it takes a lot for me to admit that there's a possibility that I may have been wrong, Not saying I am wrong, mind you. It's alright. You
1: know, it takes a big man to
2: admit that. Even under
1: threat of maggot.
2: <laughs> under threat of maggot.
1: Or I should say especially
2: under threat of maggot. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Under threat oh, of maggot. maggot. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just did so, it. So uh so what else have we got in this minute? So Cigarettes. I have some experience with cigarettes. On different occasions in my life, I've been a smoker. I tend towards the most horrific thing. I'm a man of extremes, Brad. It's either all or nothing. Sure. So, when I first got together with my wife, she wasn't my wife yet, obviously, when we first got together. That would have been impossible or weird or I don't know. She wasn't my wife yet. She was going to be, but wasn't yet. She smoked cigarettes. I had smoked a couple of cigarettes, but not really like, oh, there's a cigarette. Let me go. What's that? It's weird and gross. But she smoked and I'm like, God damn it. Listen, if you're smoking and you're going to die of lung cancer, I'm going to smoke too. We're going to die of lung cancer together. So. That was one of the hardest things I ever did was to start, like honest to goodness, like smoking, like inhaling it, the smoke from the cigarette into my lungs. You know how hard that is? Like how gross and painful that is? Uh, Somewhat. I mean, it's just interesting
1: that I kind of agree. It is painful and hard to do, yet so many people do it.
2: Yeah, they do. So it took me like two weeks, and I'm like, you know what? I got a lot of catching up to do. So I smoked Pall Malls and Camel Straits and Lucky Strikes. Do you know the difference between those and, like, for instance, what Walter is supposed to be smoking here in Marlboro?
1: I would say that they have no filter.
2: They have no filter. It's just a tube of rat-poison-laden chemical tobacco. Just right in there. So that's how I started. So once I got caught up, quote unquote, I switched over to the less egregious Marlboro Reds. So that was on my way to, eventually I settled in on Camel Wides. They're nice thick smoke. You know, they're a wider gauge, kind of like a shotgun. You know, they're thicker. I smoke them longer. But after the uh, catching up of the, just straight tobacco. I switched to Marlboro Reds. Now, if you look at 3803 here, where Walter comes back from bowling, it sounds like he rolls a strike, mm-hmm. and he sits down. He's got a cigarette in his mouth, and his pack is there, what we can presume is his pack, the edge of the table. Yep. That is a pack of Marlboro Reds on the table. So Marlboro Red, that's just like the classic Marlboro. That's a classic Marlboro. Has that red top to it. It's beautiful. You All could right. you could do a Google search. You know, it's been the same for uh, into, you know, the stone ages when they had Marlboros. The thing about those though, they have the yellow filter and then the white body where the tobacco is. And the yellow filter, even though we wouldn't be able to see this in uh, this shot, it's too far away, but it's got like a little speckling to it. But it's yellow filter area, white top. Walter is not smoking a cigarette that has a yellow filter and a white top. He is smoking a cigarette that is completely white all the way down. Now Marlboro Light is white. The filter's white tobacco area is white the muzzle we'll call it the muzzle is white and the filters white that's what he's smoking best case scenario it's a light Marlboro light but he doesn't have a pack of Marlboro lights and the Marlboro and pack lights reds
1: pack is like a gold color
2: yeah it's completely different it doesn't have that red top Right, it has a
1: different color. I mean, I'm looking at it online right now, and I don't know. I don't have your experience. But yeah, it seems like a, a similar, the same design, but it's like a, design. Go- like a gold, like a really, not a bright gold, but a very, I don't know, subdued gold kind
2: of color. Very subdued. It's not a bright red. Anyway, and it, and it doesn't, the thing about it is, if you look at that, um, it doesn't wrap, the gold doesn't wrap around the side. You know the um, the Marlboro is right, red. Right, right, yeah. Extends down to the body of the pack and the lid that opens up. It's all mm-hmm. it's completely red. The top third is just red. Marlboro Reds. So, right. I don't know. He's not smoking a Marlboro Red now. Maybe he bummed one from somebody. I don't know. Why would he? He's got his own pack there. They're very like. He placed them, seems like he placed them there very specifically. Is that, if that was an empty pack, he just would have crumbled it up and, like, I don't know, thrown it away or something.
1: I mean, this cigarette does seem, like, very large to me, like very wide. Um, Is it possible? Yeah, I don't know the answer. I mean, could he have done something like... Uh, Could this be something like he he maybe hand-rolled and just puts it in that box?
2: Perchance? So I used to hand-roll my own cigarettes also. This cigarette is... I can see a little... So a store-bought cigarette will have a little um, collar where the tobacco turns into the filter, like a line Mm -hmm. rolling around. And I can see... You almost can't look directly at it, but I can see that little line there. And when I used to roll my own... Well, no, that's not true, because you could get filtered ones. Um, That's possible. That's possible. But if he's into rolling his own cigarettes, when I did that, I had my own like special little hard plastic case I'd put them in. Right. Because something like this, you're going to put it in your pocket. It, I tried it a couple times. It just... After the third or fourth day, it's just completely destroyed. And it starts, like, your hand-rolled cigarettes especially are more fragile, and they do get crunked up pretty easily. Yeah, I said crunked up. But um, that's a possibility, but I wouldn't say it's a strong possibility, because he'd have his own special case for hand-rolled cigarettes. So there we yep. go. Another inconsistency uncovered. Which is weird, you know? Wouldn't you just buy the pack of cigarettes and have... You know what? Wait, I've got it. Maybe it's not... Because I don't think he's actually smoking this. You can tell he doesn't inhale it. He just puffs it out. He does not inhale that smoke. So maybe this is something they had to create for him that was like a non-tobacco cigarette. They have those. For actors that want to, you know... Be legit and like smoke but don't want to have all the rat poison in their system right so maybe it's something like that two other things I mean I could go on all day about this cigarette though but at um, 38 thirty-eight, o two, 2 he actually ashes onto the floor and watches it fall down whoops you know which happens you know it's gonna happen
3: that yeah yeah, it burned it down, down too far. Second. Yeah, it's like, yeah. whoop,
2: and kind of, like, lifts his foot up. Ooh, did it hit me? No. And then the last thing, maybe, about this cigarette is he really presses it down into that notch. If I'm smoking cigarette, <clears throat> I don't want it jammed down into that cigarette-holding nasty-ass, like, uh uh cigarette-holding notch there that's on the uh, scoring table. Okay, I see what you mean, but what? It's like an extended ashtray with the notches in it that you can place. your. What you do is you put it there as gently as possible so that it can still stay. You don't jam it down in there. You want to be able to have easy, quick access, bring it back out. Like, that would break the... He knows he's not gonna have to access this cigarette again, so he just jams it right. in there. And he and Goodman himself
1: is not an experienced smoker, perhaps. If we That's go through this saying. stagecraft thing, and so he doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, he doesn't the, know what he's the doing. one thing, again, I've never really I've never been a smoker. I don't know this deal with the ashtray. Like I've certainly never used anything like that. But I'd imagine you don't want the part and maybe again this is just crazy talking, right? Like, I'm only using, like, the, the closest analogy I would have, which would be, like, I don't know if you, you were... Again, something you'd be putting something in your mouth, right? If I want to be putting the end of that thing into my mouth, like, I don't want it touching the yeah, ashtray or touching the table. Definitely not. So I want to definitely have it in there enough that it is, like, sticking out of its own accord.
2: Well, like absolutely. Up. Absolutely, and I completely agree with you there. But this holder is you know, a V, basically. So it's, you know, it's designed to accommodate every gauge of cigarette. The thin little 100s, the regulars, the wides. So all you have to do is place it down in, maybe give it a tiny little extra, just a little extra force on it, and it will stay. You know, a cigarette is not heavy. So it's not gonna, you're afraid of it, like, seesawing down in, and the um, filter part where you put your mouth, like hitting. Part of the grossness, yeah, like like seesawing, like rotating on the fulcrum of the holder, exactly. But that's not gonna. It's a uh, cigarette's not a heavy thing. You don't have to go working it down in there like that. It just, it just doesn't happen. Right. Like ashtrays and bars work the same way. There's just little, you know, cutouts on the side of the ashtray. You just place it in. You don't work it down in there. Like he really shoves it in there for a while. Just.
1: Yeah, it's almost like he has it in there and then he says, okay, and then he pushes it even
2: further in. Let's make sure it stays in now. Nah, it's gonna stay there. He's not a smoker. I'm just gonna you could probably Google this. John, We'll call him up maybe. Maybe we'll get him on the show. Are you, a, or have you ever been a smoker? And my guess would be no. Not only that, but it looks like he brought his own ashtray now that I am looking at this shot more closely. So look at just on the other side of the ashtray from the Marlboro pack. Isn't that an an ashtray? Yes. So So why is there an extra ashtray? Why is there an extra ashtray? Would he have brought his own? And if so, wouldn't he just put his own cigarette in there? And even if it's not his own, at least that, you can just place it on the edge and it can balance there. So So even if it does fall, it's falling onto the table and not into, like, the other filthy ash area.
1: So I hate to tell you... Yes? It seems... Like he may... Have
2: been a smoker. Doing a Google... Doing a little Googling. Well, Maybe this movie made him a smoker. Maybe he wasn't a smoker when this started. Because I haven't seen him inhale yet. When he was getting ready to bowl, he's there and he goes... You know, it's a classic sign of like people who aren't really smokers they go and you can tell it's just in their mouth and then they blow it out because first of all it comes out in one big puff and second of all when you inhale it it changes color it gets diluted by the air in your lungs so it actually becomes less dense and a little bit lighter and I haven't seen him inhale this yet so none of this is conclusive mind you but I don't know. The, um, yeah, the suspicion dogs are running at large right now. And whose other beer cup is that over there? It's Two beer cups and then a beer bottle. And I assume that's Donnie's slice there. But you got three beer containers. Donnie having a beer, perhaps, in addition to his slice?
1: Maybe he pours the slice into
2: a cup. That could be. We'll or, go with that. Although yeah. he's established that he doesn't do that. but Or maybe the beer bottle was poured into a cup. It's like Or it's if,
1: just you're, getting more, you're going back to the bar, you're getting another cup, you're not taking the other one back. Or it's just, this table is just full of trash from the previous people. They left their ashtray, they left empty beer cups.
2: That could be. That could be.
1: Just more like the filth that this crew
2: lives in I feel like they're not supposed to have bottles out on the alley like this right we keep going back and forth like we see plastic cups then we see bottles well which is it you know I don't think they allow bottles they fall and then glasses everywhere they shatter you know it's the reason they use the plastic cups I don't know I'm done with that I feel like I can stop now (laughs) But, you know, these are my concerns, dude. None of it matters. Once again, none of it matters.
3: Why does, why does
2: Firefox keep telling me there's an unresponsive script on the document here? I can't answer that. I've tried to stop it. I've tried to continue.
1: I think you're just going to have to reload the thing.
2: Well, that'll teach me, you know, I had Firefox open for some reason. And it's like, just use Chrome. Don't screw around. I'm a Safari man. As we've discussed. I just don't understand. I don't understand how that can be. In two thousand three, yeah, I was a Safari guy. They had the first first time I ever saw it where you started typing in the address bar and it would like autofill for you. It blew my mind. Made a lot of sense. It did. Perfect sense. But, mm, seems like they've fallen behind.
1: I wouldn't say
2: that. I mean, I would say, I could understand
1: Chrome. I think Chrome and Safari are the two browsers.
3: The what last thing like? I want
1: to do is get, like, you know, hate mail from all the Firefox people. But
2: Well, what do you like about Safari? Hmm. What do I like about Safari? Well, I know it's this is sort of like voodoo explaining like why a certain browser is your favorite browser. But try. So, you it prefer fits not to give all of your information to no, the NSA?
1: Well, that's not to the NSA because I think they just have it anyway. They have it anyway. But the, it is less information to Google per se, which I don't know if I really care about that. But if I did care. I mean, Google is definitely, you know, they invented Chrome so they could get you more ads. I mean, that's what they did. Right. And maybe that's okay. I mean, I have this debate with myself all the time because if, who cares what they did? I'm getting something good out of it. Right. You know, like I love Twin Peaks and that was ad supported. That was made <laughs> to shovel ads to me. So like why is the difference? You know what I mean? And I don't know. Maybe there's I no do. difference. Maybe there's no difference. I don't know. There's just it's it's just, you know, it's Just don't look over there. I just like I just like Safari. I think it just fits into the system very well. I mean, it's made by Apple. I don't know. It's not made by an advertising company. And since I do use iOS, you know, like I can like if I have a tab happen to have a tab open in Safari, On my computer, I go to iOS and go to Safari there, and I can just be like, "Oh, show me what like load that tab from
2: there to here." Kind of a so. So there's something inherently better about, um. A hardware company. Mining your data as opposed to an ad company mining your data. Yes. Why is that? There (laughs) definitely is.
3: Well, kind of I, know, I don't want to
1: get into this platform war, war bullshit. I mean, I like Google. Don't get me wrong. I, I love Google. I have I actually like the Apple Nexus too. 7 tablet, and I love it. I'm just imagining, not to you, but the, maybe you know, one of our six oh, listeners is like,
2: what? Which I did. Actually, that's funny, because just before we recorded, I think I, I was doing a little mental calculation. I think we do have six listeners. Like yeah. I counted them up, and I thought that it was... um. Actually, I thought we had five. I thought it was three to two female to male, which I was pretty stoked about. But I think I counted an additional sixth, so it, I think it's three to three male-female, which is, is not bad. That's
1: Well, that's good, you know? I'll 50, take that. 50 that's like yeah, what we split. got in nature. That's what it should be.
2: That's what it should be. I, I, I like that. I hope
1: can stay that way.
2: Yeah. So anyway, every time we add a listener, though, we're going to have a bit of an imbalance there. So
1: We're well, just assuming all of our listeners will be...
2: Or you, just mean or the, you just mean the simple fact that we're going to have an odd number of listeners. No, I just mean <laughs> so. Well, yeah, an odd number. So we'll have you know, like we've, in, it, we've gender been, imbalance. Yeah, like once we move to seven,
1: you know, we'll, you know, we've been kind of plateaued at six for the last uh, maybe twenty-five episodes. Right. We'll eventually get to seven, and then, for and like then the we'll next no, fifty episodes we will no longer be, be gender be three neutral. To four. Like it can only be three to four at best.
2: I'm just more concerned about being gender neutral. So, and I know if we're at seven, we won't be anymore. So, this is not a topic of conversation we should be discussing on the show, probably. We'll save it for the after party. Yeah. And then, because you you know how every time we end this, then the real party starts. Yeah. We should really just record that. I know, but it it's, too, it's too its too rambunctious, you know? I don't know if iTunes would allow that to be on there. It's crazy after we stop. You know, once we press that square stop button, all hell breaks loose. I, I've gone through two items. Seriously. Two. So far. Blue comes back. Brad? Remember Blue? I do.
1: The blue is the man, right?
2: Yeah, you're my boy, Blue. <laughs> That's old school. All right. Uh, He goes over there and talks to the other people next to them. Since this is one shot where we, you know, the camera starts out on a wide Uh-oh. shot. Walter Bowles goes off frame, comes back in frame, and then we start dialing into them. And as we get close up on a two shot, two shot being we see Walter and the dude. In a, you know, relatively close shot, we see Blue walk behind him. Yep, he walked back. So good. He walked over. He walked back. It's all one shot. Not that that's difficult, because, yeah, it's one shot. But he does walk back. There he is. Blue. You know, he's got a shit-eating grin on his face. There he is. Good for him. Holy shit. George W. Bush is back there. Again? 3824 this is like a, a GW look alike you can see him he's in a white shirt with blue horizontal stripes he looks black more like pants
1: he looks like Jeb Bush to me it's funny like i see him i saw him and i don't think Jeb Bush and George Bush
2: you mean George W Bush or George H W Bush w Yeah, W. And he's he's wearing shorts, actually. You can see it at 3825. Jeb wouldn't be wearing shorts. probably.
1: Probably not. But he does. I think if we're going to say this person has a resemblance to someone, I feel it's Jeb. If you actually go back further, you can see him right above... It's like they're careful never to really uh, show his face, though, because someone, uh, right when his face would be, like, plainly uh, visible, yeah. a guy walks in front right
2: of it. Right in front of it. And then he stands up. He's definitely Bush-esque, although his chin's a little little off, I think. But he's Bush-esque. Well, I mean, they're brothers, so I guess.
1: I feel like Jeb and George W. have a very, like, different looks.
2: They do have different looks.
1: But yet there must be something about them that's somewhat common, because this... This person, you immediately identified as George W., and I immediately identified as
2: Jeb. Weird. Jeb sort of looked like uh, Tom Ridge to me a little bit.
3: He's Ridgey. A little Ridgey. A little bit.
2: A little Ridgey, isn't he? A little bit. I can see that. Not crazy Ridgey, but a little Ridgey. I get them confused anyway. Like, Jeb Bush. Sometimes I just see Tom Ridge. There must be a reason for that, too. And I think that blonde lady back there is just wearing a wig. He's like, can I wear a wig? Sure you can. This is right after the W imposter walks off screen. You can see her behind to the right of, well, maybe not. I don't know. That's neither here nor there. So. So that's the first half of the minute. That's the first half. First half of the minute is the dude and Walter arguing. Which is one shot.
1: One shot. Dude, so it's all one shot. It starts with the wide shot of the of Walter with the bowling ball. Right, he Makes goes off screen. Roll, comes into the dude. Walter he comes inhales his cigarette. Non inhales his cigarette. A time he is the excuse to say whole thing. Oh, what exactly is the problem? What the pro? But oh, we didn't. What, what? And the whole thing goes on? It's all one shot. All one shot. Yeah. I man, I said I thought she kidnapped herself. You're the one who's so fucking certain. That's right, yeah. dude. One hundred percent certain. Yeah. All this is one shot. One shot. We're looking at about forty-five I mean I have to go back to time it. I'm just gonna estimate like forty-five seconds, fifty seconds here of a shot. Um, I don't think it's quite maybe it is. It goes to about thirty seconds in just in this minute we're looking
2: at. That's true. No, you're right. No, you're and right. It it's a... pretty fucking long. It might be more than that, even. It starts. It might be a minute. It starts at 37.19. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, this is over a minute. Over a minute. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, a lot more. Yeah, there's a lot more. Yeah, 37.19. It's 38... like a minute and 15, maybe. Yeah, it's at least a minute 10, there 11, It goes to like 38.34. Yeah, minute 15, minute 15 one yeah. shot. And then Donnie comes running up, and they, they break out. I feel like they do these little moments, these little breakaway moments, where <laughs> I guess it's, you know, after the insanity of the botched handoff, with the Nihilists, they want to give you a little breather. Like, take a break. There's no Uzis firing, people jumping out of cars, cars crashing, kidnappers tearing off on motorcycles, arguing, and it's just like, let's take a breath. I feel like there needs to be this ebb and flow in a good movie. It's build-up, release. Build-up, release. Donnie's footsteps. Audio note time. All right, audio note. At 38.31, this is just as Walter starts to say, that's right, dude, 100% certain. You can hear in the left speaker... Donnie's footsteps starting amidst the hustle and bustle of the background noise of the bowling alley. You can hear them off in the distance in the left speaker. Clack And then as soon as they cut to him, it switches to, like, not even the middle, but almost to the right speaker. Clack switch over. As soon as they cut, they visually cut to him, the sound cuts to the right. You want to take a listen? Sure. Take a listen.
0: That's right, dude. 100% certain. they posted the next round for the tournament.
2: Donnie, shut the
0: fuck. That's right, dude. 100% certain. They posted the next round for the tournament. Donnie, shut the fuck. I can't hear it. Ah, <Youtube_afIN> oh, Come on, man. Let me try again. That's right, dude. 100% certain. They posted the next round for the tournament. Donnie, shut the fuck. That's word. right, dude. 100% certain. They posted the next round for the tournament. Donnie, shut the fuck. That's right, dude. 100% certain. They posted the next round for the tournament. Donnie, okay, shut the... Okay, I heard him this time. I had, to,
1: I had to really crank it.
2: Yeah, I could hear it coming through. But um, it's hard to hear because of all the other, you know, cacophony of sounds going on back there. Just a little detail, a little detail. Yeah, it's there. Give a little shout-out when a shout-out's due. And then um, Walter immediately is pissed. Because it's Donnie and he's speaking. So he starts to tell him to shut the fuck up. But then, oh wait, I'm interested in the information you have for me. And he's like, when do we play it? But he he throws down what basically is like a dry erase marker that he's using to write a score down. That's essentially what that is. But if you listen to the sound it makes... As he realizes he's interested in what Donnie has to say, like he kind of throws it down excitedly. It's, it's a curiously wooden sounding toss. Like it almost sounds like a pencil being thrown. So I'm thinking when the Foley artist did it, they were using a pencil. This is 3836. Yeah,
1: possibly. I mean, I don't think it sounds particularly pencil y. I mean, the table is probably wooden,
2: it's for Micah. Maybe wooden underneath, but... I yeah, mean, well, maybe.
1: I don't know. It, it is... I think it sounds plasticky,
2: personally. Uh, no, man. Let me give a listen.
0: round for the tournament.
2: Donnie, shut the fuck up. When do we
0: play? It's Saturday. round for the tournament. Donnie, shut the fuck up. When do we play? It's Saturday.
2: I don't know. It sounds a little pencil-y to me. Sounds more pencil than plastic. a, pe- a plasticy hit is gonna have like this, um... It's gonna be really bright. So it's gonna be a really high, like, TINK! And this is more like... It almost- it's got some resonance to it. It's got a little bit of resonance.
0: Round for the tournament. Donny, shut the fuck When do we play? It's
2: Saturday. Like, clicky as opposed to Tinky. You're saying the wood would be clicky? The the wood of the pencil would be clicky. I feel plastic would be more clicky. Plastic's gonna be tinky. Wood is gonna be clicky. It's gonna be clicky with resonance as opposed to no.
1: I think the plastic and the wood would both have resonance, but the pla- but the wood is a more of a full bodied
2: Kind well, of the sound. Well and that's what I mean by resonance. Right. Meaning the sound carries for longer. The plastic isn't gonna hold the sound as long. Like it's it's more rigid. The wood has a give and take. Like it it's it's more pliable. Maybe it's not more pliable, but it it's like it holds the sound. There's that whole thing where like you know, people say the hauntings of houses are possibly just the vibrations of past experiences happening. You know, and at times, those vibrations are more apparent. But, like, you could have, I bang on a wall like that. Like that vibration, since that wood, it's gonna stay in there for longer than I just hit a piece of plastic. Don't know, maybe because it's like it was at one time a living thing. I don't know. It sounds pencil to me. But I just think that's the sound you would want it to make if somebody's throwing a writing implement down on the table. You'd want it to sound like that. I don't think it would sound right if you threw a piece of plastic down. It just wouldn't... I don't think it would be as satisfying. Okay. There's no right or wrong here. you no. know, And I'm not trying to convince no. you of anything, but there you go. Burkhalter. <laughs> Burkhalter,
1: who's in charge of scheduling? Burkhalter.
2: I told that crowd a fucking thousand times I don't roll on Shabbos. Right, and he
1: has to ask who is it first. He doesn't even know, so he can get the
2: correct ethnic slur. Right, he needs to have the right epithet, but he does, he can't get that until he actually knows who it is. <laughs> Burkhalter is more Swiss than German. See that here. I gave a little link there. It's an Let's Ancestry.com this. link. So I I looked up the, um, basically the registry of immigrants coming to this country from, I don't even know the years, I'd have to look at it again, but over the course of 100 years or something, and the Swiss Burkhalters outnumbered the German Burkhalters for whatever the time period was, like, 37 to 2 Swiss to German.
1: Well, that's the country of all origin, but.
2: And? But, but so, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean. Well, wouldn't you call him a cheese eater instead of a kraut then? Maybe. I'm just saying
1: just because the country was Swiss didn't mean those were all. Like maybe just a lot more
2: Swiss people came into the country, although that doesn't sound right. That at does all. not sound right at all. I see what you're saying. You know, if it was like, oh, there were 37 Swiss Burkhalters and only two Liechtensteinian Burkhalters, well, duh. Liechtenstein's tiny. Switzerland's bigger. Switzerland is bigger. I get that. But Germany's bigger, and it seems like there'd be more German immigrants. So it seems like all things being equal, if anything, there'd be more German Burkhalters than Swiss Burkhalters. So. I think Burkhalter's more of is somehow more of a Swiss name than a German name. I think Walter gets his epithet wrong. Apparently there was a General Burkhalter in Hogan Heroes. General Burkhalter. I know Colonel Klink. Right. <clears throat> I wonder if they were just big Hogan's Heroes fans. Holy shit, Bob Crane. What a crazy fan. Fuck that guy was. How much do you know about him?
1: Wait, which guy?
2: The main guy from Hogan's Heroes.
1: Oh, that uh, dude. They made that movie about him.
2: Yeah, wasn't that uh what's his name? Sam Rockwell? No, I'm that confused. was the... That was the CIA guy, the other one, the game show host. This right, was the right, guy right, right, from right. As Good As It Gets. Uh
1: Greg Kinnear. Greg Kinnear. Yeah, well they again talk about like the the volcano type right. stuff. It was two movies at the same time about like, uh, yeah. About like a kind of weird cult, like celebrity from the involved 60s or in 70s involved some other in some nefarious shit. shit. Yeah. And they both came out <laughs> in my mind. They both came out like the same time. I don't know if that was true, but yeah. Yeah. Those two things do blur in my mind. You're right. The the one with, uh, I'm
2: yeah, to Sam Rockwell
1: was the host of the gong show.
2: What? Yeah, what was the name of the movie he was in? It was um, not Basquiat, that's for sure, although Jeffrey Wright was in that. uh, Not Made. What the hell was it? Was it Sam Rockwell? Um, what year was that movie? Definitely before well, Moon. Well, the
1: one from Hogan's Heroes was called Autofocus from 2002, yeah. directed by Paul Schrader. No way. Yep. and and starring Greg Kinnear as Crane
2: I don't really have any Lindsay Lohan news unfortunately Paul Schrader being the director of the canyon but we
1: have more Paul Schrader to come in here so (laughs) do we? well because he he just came in he directed this uh, Hogan Heroes movie
2: well right 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 wait what is this movie called?
1: the Sam Rockwell gong show one?
2: yeah I don't see it
1: Confessions of a Dangerous Mind from 2002. Same year as
2: Autofocus. Oh, there it is. Look at that. Both 2002. Huh. Yeah, Chuck Barris. That's his name.
1: Yeah, Barris. Was I saying Barry? I didn't that, say anything.
2: That'd be a very different sort of fella.
1: That would be. Yeah, Chuck <laughs> Barris. You know that new sound you've been looking for? Listen It's to your this. cousin, Marvin, <laughs> Marvin. Marvin. Barry. Like, oh. <laughs> Like, I mean, at the time, I mean, I don't know, it's funny, right? I don't know. Back to the, the no. future,
2: it's a classic, but it is easy to be like... That's stupid. I know, I know. But it's fine. It's well, I mean, it's not stupid. It's
1: fine that Marty McFly went back in time and inspired Chuck Berry by playing his version of Johnny B. Good, <laughs> But the way in which they had to, like, you know, ham-fistedly... Is it? is it fine? That's fine. I don't know that that's fine. I think that's fine. That's fine. It, That's giving the parcel. white
2: people credit for Chuck Berry. All right,
1: accomplishments. fine. No, you're right. I did not it think of not it. I did not fine. think of it through that
2: lens. <laughs> that might not, not actually be fine. <laughs> so here, it may not be. <laughs> that
3: might suck. Well, what be I like sucked. to
2: think
1: is, again, this is one of these predestination paradoxes. Which like,
2: keep in mind, this is one of my favorite movies of all
1: time. But still, yeah, go ahead. Predestination. Well, I was paradox. gonna say Chuck Berry invented that sound only to be have it come back in time. And beans, because it's not like Chuck Berry heard what Marty McFly did and like wrote down like note like all the notes like quickly. Oh, let me transcribe this, or you know, I'm going to like recreate this word for word. It's like he influenced himself. He kind of influenced himself in a loop. All Marty right. McFly was just a messenger, just a he's conduit. a vehicle. Yeah. He was like a cassette uh, tape. That's fine. A human cassette tape is how I tend to view that.
2: Except that, really.
3: <laughs> right. No, the you're shit right. he
2: was playing was not too berry esque. It was more like Twisted Sister esque or like Anthrax esque. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't say Anthrax, but okay, Crocus esque. Crocus, yes. <laughs> I just anytime I can get a Crocus reference in. Striper, <laughs> Striper. I know them pretty well because every time I'd look for a new Sticks album, I'd see Striper. Striper, Cat Stevens, Uh, that's all. Ario Speedwagon, if I was really off.
3: Anyway.
1: Speedwagon.
2: What the hell? Two random crackpot celebrity quasi-autobiography movies at the same time. How did that come from Burkhalter? Oh, because there was a general Burkhalter in Hogan's Heroes, that's right.
1: Yeah, and I believe he is a Nazi. Mm, he was a well, kraut so to
2: speak alright well there you go so maybe Walter's pretty up on his Hogan's Heroes and assumes yep. that the Burkhalter is Nazi therefore kraut because of the show alright good close the loop on that one then so did you notice that um so Donnie comes up says ooh they posted the next round shut the fuck oh wait when do we play Saturday and he says, and I never noticed this before, Saturday, Quintana and... Mm-hmm. He actually says that. Yeah. But Walter cuts him off before he can finish. Never noticed it. H- had you been privy to this?
1: I had been privy
3: to this. Huh.
2: You actually noticed that before. Did I notice it before? Oh, be- that's what I'm asking. Before you watch this minute over and over and over two times.
1: I can't say. I don't know. Hmm. I guess what I will say about that is I never appreciated how much Quintana
2: permeates the, permeates film. the film the mentioning of him right? like I never His even name knew name dropped
1: like constantly and I think if you asked me before we did this what is the Jesus's like, last, last name. name I might have not known I might, I I, might I think would not have, de- have known either I think it would have depended on the day you asked me correct that's correct.
2: I may or may not have been able to have answered it. It would have it would have depended on the year you asked me, probably. If I was in a particularly heavy Lebowski phase or not. But yeah, before this, I probably would not have known. He's the Jesus. What else do you need? So, graphene was in the news, too. Not that that bears mentioning on this podcast necessarily, but since I did a movie... Based on graphene. I thought I'd throw it in there. They're trying to build. uh, Microprocessors. Out of graphene. But it's a ways away. Because they had the 14 nanometer. Intel just released. The 14 nanometer. PC. See that. Can't say that I did. Some sort of you know. Moore's law and effect thing. Moore's Law is dead. No, it's not. Look. Whatever. Doesn't matter. I just thought it was interesting because they mentioned graphene. Like, they're using... I don't know what they're using to make this. But they say, um... You know, the next breakthrough will have to come once they can use... I don't know. Like in ultraviolet lasers or some shit. I don't know. Graphene was in play. I thought it was cool because I'm obsessed with graphene. It's probably my favorite substance. Second only to a liger. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much my favorite animal. <laughs> Jules watched it twice more, by the way. Nice. She just it can't...
1: demands multiple viewings.
2: If I turn my head for a second, she's got it on. And I'm like, just turn it off. Can't take it.
1: Do other uh, kids like watch that movie, or is she like going to uh, turn herself into some kind of outcast by quoting I... Napoleon Dynamite constantly, and no I one's think... going to know what she's talking about?
2: I think she's the ten year olds into today. an outcast. Yeah, I, I don't. Good think for her. Anybody knows it. She's going to follow in her uh,
1: father's footsteps.
2: We're going to need to. Institute an XKCD section, but did you see the most recent one where I wonder when the last date will be that someone quotes Star Wars? Yes, yeah,
1: it's so genius. (laughs) It's so so
3: genius.
2: (laughs) I don't know. May the force be with you, huh? Ah, something my grandmother used to say. I have no idea what it means. I just yanked a cord out. (laughs) You're too excited. I got all antsy in my pantsy. Must be from the old country. I don't have any dreams, I can tell you. I feel like I haven't watched any movies. Got anything else? What, what do you got for me? Anything? I got nothing. I mean, have we sufficiently... We definitely have not sufficiently No, not at this all. minute,
1: but I think we may just need to cut it off. We gotta cut it off. And just we'll have a bunch of retreads. You know, because we didn't talk of anything about about Shabbos. Shabbos. Right. Shabbos. 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 We didn't you talk say about Shabbos. I say Shabbos. We didn't talk about uh Donnie's shirt. It says Austin. Austin. And right, like there's some that. badges and some other things.
2: Right. That badge. You know,
1: again, I feel like we're kinda of dropping the ball here, because yeah, you know, we have this whole like we talked before about the like kind of uh vol like the volleyball dialogue, the like you know, Sorkin or Mammoth-esque type of character. Of it. Because, again, that's what we have going on here. We have the whole, you know, dude being, uh you know, they're talking about Shabbos and, and the next role, and, and at the same time the dude's in the background like, what am I going to tell Lebowski? And, you know, this whole kind of, all these different things happening at once.
2: And Walter
1: is... And there, I just the... talked about it
2: also. Got nothing <laughs> all, so are Right, more. so we're good. And there's some weird... Some more weird cigarette stuff going on towards the end of this minute, with smoke coming up, and he's like, bringing it out and putting it back, bringing it out. He doesn't want to actually smoke it. If this was a stressful moment, I'm a smoker, I'm sucking on that thing, you know, blowing it all over the place, but whatever. Meanwhile, Walter's in the middle of this. He's the one, like, he's the in-between man, which... Maybe the first 86 times I watched it, if you would have asked me off the cuff out in the street, who's the middle man, like who keeps the peace, I would have said the dude. Walter's right. in the middle. Yeah. Physically, emotionally, he's the middleman.
1: Well, and you can see him fluctuate here at the end of this minute. Because he's getting, like, red in the face. He's ready, like, you know, like, pull the gun type of level here. Over right. them posting the thing on Saturday. Well, he's
2: getting it from both sides right now.
1: Yeah. Except when the dude is like, what am I going to tell Lebowski? Walter, is, you know, he responds in this kind of gentle voice. Come on, dude. She's get
2: tired of her little scheme and, you know, wander back. Which is exactly right, may I point out. But yeah. that is, that's exactly. one second past this, so I didn't want to.
1: Yeah, no, I guess you're right. Yeah, but again, well, yeah, he gets red in the face here and starts to, the, yeah, then quickly again, turns it around,
2: comes down.
1: Although his violent swings.
2: Yeah, his violence is generally directed towards Donnie, but he does have, he's got, you know, more in the next minute, which we can touch on next time, but he does have a moment where he says, shut the fuck up, but stops and says, oh, when do we play? Which is one of the few times he addresses Donnie without anger. Yeah. I, th- I feel like it only happens three times in this movie. And this, we ha-
1: have the other two times happened yet?
2: No, I think this is the first time the next one happens next minute and then there's one when uh, they're at the bar trying to quote-unquote cheer the dude up. I can see you don't want to be cheered up. Come on, Donnie. No, one has happened four times. Way to go, Donnie! When he comes with uh, Thurston.
1: Well, you could say the part um, you know, toward the end with Donnie.
2: Man down. That's right. Although Donnie's I don't know if that counts, he's not really in the moment there, you know. Right, if we're gonna count that one, we almost have to count the Folgers scene. I'm not willing to do that. All right, okay, let's put a lid on this one. We uh blasted through the last 20 seconds as if uh we didn't give a shit, but we'll do some revisiting. We can't yeah. can't yeah. expect to get it all the first
1: pass next time. And what we should try to do is blast through you know spend like five minutes blasting through everything
2: and then talk about the other shit and then we can just ramble on (laughs) but that won't be any good because then people
1: that want to hear about the movie can just like turn it off yeah
2: turn it off get the five minutes of content and then move go about you know go to work be productive members of society instead of listening for hour and a half two goddamn hours to us prattle on prattle prattle on prattle is the word not pratter I don't think Pratter is a word. I'm going to say that. Pratter is not a word. So we're going to have to put Pratter up on the poop deck, probably. Uh, we'll just end there, then. Next time on Gutter Look it up. They're, yeah,
3: they're
0: going to kill that poor woman. They're going to kill that poor woman. Hey,
3: Walter.